Amen. It's good to be with you today, and I'm, it's a privilege to be here. Uh, if you're standing, since you're standing, take your Bibles, please, and go to Daniel chapter number six. It is a privilege to serve here at Lancaster Baptist Church with Pastor Chapel, and of course with all the faculty and staff here as well. Uh, getting to uh, know many of you and several we've known for many years, and it's just been a blessing. And uh, I'm encouraged by what God is doing in our church here in Lancaster. How many were encouraged by the offering this past Sunday? And that was just, uh, I just, Brother uh, Dr. Rasmussen, I stood there and just started crying because uh, to see God doing something like that in our day is an incredible thing. And uh, we had some guests with us that night, my wife and I, they were brand new, in their 20s, and watching them put money in the offering plate. It's, it's cool to see God moving uh, in the lives of young people even today, and I appreciate all of you. And and I know many of you gave as well, and we're thankful for that. Daniel chapter number six, and I want to preach a message today. It's just a simple message. Uh, chapel is kind of like lunch. You do it every day, but you need it, amen? You need that, that little bit of a, uh, just a spiritual focus. And so today, I just want to give you something uh, simple that the Lord spoke to my heart about. Daniel chapter number six, look at verse one through three. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these president, over and over these three presidents, aren't you glad we only have one? Of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. Would you read the next phrase with me? Because an excellent spirit was in him. Can we read that one more time? Because an excellent spirit was in him. So why was he preferred above the other presidents? Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. There are few people in the Bible who demand our respect as much as Daniel. Daniel demands our attention and respect by uh, what we read about him throughout Scripture. He was taken from his home at a young age to uh, be taken to Babylon. Daniel had everything in his life taken away. His name was changed. All of these things were changed so that uh, they could rid him of his uh, Jewish heritage. And all these things happened in Daniel's life. It was turned upside down. But throughout his life, he modeled integrity. He modeled an excellent spirit. Listen as Daniel's described here in verse 3. Again, there was an excellent spirit in him. Daniel faced a lot of different things. May I say this today to all of us, regardless of how we feel about this, regardless of whether we agree or not, you and I are known by our spirit. You and I, no matter how, if you're a freshman or a faculty or staff, it doesn't really matter, you and I are known by the spirit that we have. You and I have a reputation. And I don't know about you, but I want to have an excellent spirit. And how many would agree with me today that if we're going to go into the gospel ministry, if we're going to be pastors and missionaries and missionaries' wives and, and Christian school teachers, if we're going to represent the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to have an excellent spirit. Amen. And that's what the message is today. And this is just a simple question for us. How is your spirit? How is your spirit? Father, we come before you today and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you for these college students. Lord, and their dedication to you already, coming to 
West Coast Baptist College. I pray that you'd be with each one of them as uh, today is just another Tuesday. But God, I pray that all of us in the room would look and take a deep look into our hearts and our lives and, and take inventory of our spirit. How is our spirit in the dorm? How is our spirit in chapel? How is our spirit in our ministry? How is our spirit with our parents? How is our spirit with our peers? How is our spirit with the faculty? Help me, Lord, today with my spirit. How is my spirit, Lord, with the community and, and those we minister to? And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us all to have an excellent spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let's be honest, we all struggle with our spirit sometimes. Can I get an amen right there? And uh, how many of you missed breakfast this morning? And uh, that's why your spirit is bad. Amen. No. Um, I tell you, I moved here about six weeks ago, and nothing has ruined my spirit more than the Costco in Lancaster. <laughs> How many of you have been to the Costco in Lancaster? I don't recommend this. Uh, I tell you, I, I don't understand why we don't have a gas station on this side of town. Can somebody please open a gas station? There's, there's things in our life that, 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 that affect our spirit. I understand that. And, and sometimes we miss breakfast, and sometimes, you know, uh, our, our roommate sets the alarm clock early and doesn't get up when they set their alarm. I get all those things. When I, was, uh, I started as a pastor, I was, I was 33 years old, and, and I, had, I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, I still don't. How many feel that way? You know? And uh, my, my second or so month of preaching, I thought I was starting to get the hang of it, you know, and I was starting to really feel it, you know, like people were listening, and, and it was great. And, and I, I preached this one message one Sunday, and I just thought it, I thought it was a dead ringer. I thought, man, that was a good message. And, uh, you know, several people came to the aisle. And I was just really, not in a bad sense, but I guess it was a bad sense. I was kind of proud of myself at the message. And so I'm standing at the door and I'm shaking hands with people as they go through. My wife was standing there and uh, this elderly lady came through. She was 93 years old, Mrs. Carpenter. She's with the Lord now. But she came through the line and she shook my hand uh, and she said to me, she said, Pastor, better luck next time. And she kept going. <laughs> Sometimes people say things to you, sometimes things happen to you that affect your spirit. But the truth is this morning, all of us can have an excellent spirit. There's not a college student in the room, not a faculty member, not a freshman, not a senior that, can, uh, that cannot not have a good spirit. You can have a good spirit. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've faced in your life, no matter what you're going through today, you can have a good spirit. What does it mean to have an excellent spirit? What does that mean? When, when we read in the Bible that Daniel had an excellent spirit, his spirit, his disposition, his attitude, it was excellent. Whenever, whenever he was out uh, in town or dealing with uh, those that he worked with, he had an excellent spirit. The, the, uh, the emperor saw him, Darius, they, he saw his spirit. It was excellent. That means it was not equal to, but above his peers. His spirit was excellent. When, uh, when Brother uh, Dr. Burt looks out among this crowd, he probably sees several that have an excellent spirit, those that just rise above their peers, and not in a competitive way, but they just have a spirit uh, that uh, shows that they, are, uh, they love God. And by the way, our spirit is a gauge or an indicator of what's going on in our hearts. Our walk with the Lord, our time with God, our prayer life. Our, and I understand we all have bad days, but, but day in and day out, that excellent spirit comes from a deep well that we develop walking with the Lord. 
Make no mistake, this morning, you are known by your spirit. Your room leader, your dorm supervisor, Dr. Rasmussen, Dr. Getch, these others, they know you by your spirit. And every day we, uh, we interact with one another. We are known by our spirit. The Bible says even a child is known by his doing, whether his work be pure or whether it be right. What kind of a spirit are you known for? By the way, we have an excellent example of a good spirit in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John 1.14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace, full of truth. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Jesus had a wonderful spirit. We know Daniel had a good spirit. Others in the Bible, Joseph, had a good spirit. And you say, well, that's just not me. I'm kind of a, 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 you know, a grumpy person and, and all of those kinds of things. But the Bible says in Philippians chapter number two, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. You see, Christ has has a, a spirit about him, and we are supposed to take on the mind of Christ. And I heard about uh, uh, um, uh, the messages, some of the messages that have been preached this semester. I text some of our college students from my uh, church that I came from, and they gave me some things that the Lord has spoken. And I know you've heard some great messages uh, already uh, this, uh, this semester. And, and sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll come into chapel, we'll hear a message, we'll come into church, we'll hear messages, and and, uh, but we allow life to, to affect us so much that there's no change. There's no, there's no outward uh, uh, actions that are changed in our life. We just kind of go from one moment to the next and from one day to the next. But you and I can develop an excellent spirit. I noticed several things about Daniel in this chapter I want to share with you today. Number one is this. Daniel had an excellent spirit in the upheaval. In the upheaval. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Take your Bibles. Let's go. We're in Daniel chapter six. Let's go to uh, chapter number five. And uh, growing up, I, I used to, I watched a movie. I don't remember. It was a cartoon of some kind, and I remember this story where uh, uh, you, uh, um, uh, Belshazzar was the, the the emperor at the time, and and he wasn't doing what well, wasn't living for the Lord. Obviously, was uh, God came in, and, and I don't know if you remember that movie, but the, a hand came and wrote on the wall, "Mene, mene, take all." I was I was permanently traumatized by that as a kid. "Mene, mene, take all, Epharsin." Look at Daniel chapter number five. Look at verse thirty. And that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, what slain. Daniel was was working for this uh, government and. And Belshazzar was slain, verse 31, and Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. Daniel was already in the service of this regime, and here comes uh, God to uh, alter history, to alter this kingdom. And in verse 27, uh, it says, Tekel, which means thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. And then in verse 28, Perez, the kingdom is divided and given unto the Medes and Persians. Daniel was right in the middle of all this. It was an upheaval. Daniel was facing a major change in his life, a major transition, if you will. There was a lot of things going on in his life. Daniel, we know, uh, uh, was, was faithful to the Lord and had an excellent spirit during all of this. We, in our life, we go through major uh, trials sometimes and sometimes often in our lives, we go through a transitional time or, or maybe we go through a time where uh, we face things that we've never expected we would face. And in those times, how is our spirit? 
Daniel had an excellent spirit during that time. In my life, I've been through four pastoral transitions, different things that have happened in my life on staff. And, and I have to tell you that you men that have been around a while and ladies that have been around, you know that during transitions in churches aren't always the best time. People's spirits aren't always good. Sometimes a person will lose their job and, and when their job is lost, their spirit is gone and, and they have a bad spirit. And Daniel here in his life, in the upheaval, had a, had a good spirit. He had an excellent spirit. I think back to my Bible college days. Those days were days of upheaval. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> How many of you feel like that in your life? It's a whole new upheaval in your life every semester. I remember leaving home, and <clears throat> I remember my parents drop, I, dropping me off. Actually, I came here in high school. I was a senior in high school. And I remember my parents dropping me off and them pulling out of the driveway, and I remember that, that feeling of being alone and not knowing anybody. That didn't last for very long, though, because... I sat here on the front row, right where Dr. Rasmus was sitting one, that was back when we had pews, and I was sitting there, and this was 20-something years ago, and, and I remember I was all alone, and, and I was feeling kind of down, and one, one Sunday night after church, I was sitting there, and I felt a warm arm slip around me. It was Brother Weaver. <laughs> and he said, he said, Brother, he said, Pastor Chapel told me about you. He said, don't worry, I'm your new daddy now. So. <laughs> Upheaval. You come to college and you go through, the, you go through those lonely nights and, and when you first get here as a freshman, maybe you, you miss home and you miss you know, mom's cooking and, and all those different things. You miss your friends, you miss all that stuff and you start to get kind of through that and then you, you start to have to adjust to that fast-paced schedule of your college papers and all those things and, and then all of a sudden now you got to find a job because you can't pay your school bill and, and then you're trying to date someone, nobody likes you, but you know, you're trying to, it's, it's, and, then, and then you get, just get to the point where you're getting used to it and you're going to go back home for the summer. <laughs> And find another job. And, and, you know, who am I going to intern? It's, it's a lot of upheaval in our life and a lot of things. And by the way, it doesn't stop when you leave college. It's upheaval, upheaval. How is our spirit when things are changing? How is our spirit when something happens that we weren't expecting when we face those challenges in life? And by the way, in the middle of this upheaval, if you like to take notes, letter A, Daniel was unpopular. He was unpopular. The presidents and princes sought to find occasion against him concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Verse 5, and then said these men, we shall, find, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. The amazing thing here is that Daniel was about 80 years old. And he's facing an upheaval in his life. He's facing uh, this uh, uh, unpopular position. People did not like him. They were gunning for him. His peers uh, hated him. And it's just a reminder today that if you're going to determine in your life to have an excellent spirit, you're going to have opposition in your life. Have you tried to have a, a good spirit maybe with some friends and, and uh, they made fun of you for it or maybe they... Maybe they didn't appreciate you uh, having a good spirit. And, and sometimes even in our own families that we face that. And sometimes uh, uh, in, in our ministries we face that. Sometimes when we have an excellent spirit, there's opposition there. At 80 years old, Daniel maintained a good spirit, an excellent spirit. I've heard the saying before, and you've heard it, the darker the night, the what? The darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker the night, 
the brighter the light. But the truth is, is that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And if you are a light in the dorm, if you are a light in your family, if you are a light in your friend group, if you are a light with your boyfriend and girlfriend relationship, if you're a light in your family, there are those that are going to oppose you because they hate the light. I think about how quickly our culture is changing and how there's a pull on us today to really give up position and give up and contextualize a lot of what we believe in and, and to change with the culture and all of these different things. And I think there's something that we just need to come to grips with, I've had to come to grips with, is this. The world is not going to like me. How many of you understand that today? About three of you. All right, let's try that. How many, how many understand that today? As a Christian, the world is not going to like you. We want them to. We, we want them to accept and, and we want to uh, be uh, not hated. But the truth is, Jesus said, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you, John 15, 18 through 19. We need to come to grips with the fact that if we're going to have an excellent spirit, there's going to be opposition. Some of you have made the choice in your life, and I say some of you because there might be some that haven't made this choice. You've made the choice that you're going to follow Christ no matter what. We had a young man intern for our church. This was years ago, and he stood up, and he interned for a few weeks, and I said, uh, why don't you give your testimony to the church? And, and this was on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, I can't remember. And he got up to the pulpit and and, uh, you know, you make a lot of mistakes as a pastor, like, hey, tell me your testimony before you tell it to the church. But anyway, he gets up and he begins, and he talks about how he got saved, and that was fine. And then he said something like this. He said, I told God that if God takes care of me every step of the way, I'll serve him. And if all these things work out, if all this works out the way I want it to, then I'll just keep serving him. And I just thought to myself, okay, sometimes things don't always work out. Can I get an amen right there? How about we just determine that no matter what happens, we're going to keep serving the Lord. No matter what happens in our life, and we're going to have an excellent spirit. But maybe that's you. You've made that choice to serve the Lord, to serve Him. And maybe because of that, your friends have betrayed you. Maybe because of that, your family doesn't really want to have anything to do with you. Or maybe your coworkers avoid you completely. Maybe in your dorm, I hate to even say this, but maybe even in your dorm, you might have stood up for something that's right or maybe said, no, let's not talk about that or let's not do that. And maybe you've kind of been branded as something as unpopular or something like that. May I just say, it's all right to have an excellent spirit. Amen. Can I get an amen right there? It's all right to be the one that says, hey, let's do what's right. Hey, hey, let's, let's not be late to this. Hey, let's, let's, let's serve. Let's not try to skip out. Let's, let's move forward. Let's not go backwards. Let's listen to the, what we're supposed to listen, not what we're not supposed to listen to. Hey, no, 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 don't take that. Don't touch that. Hey, let's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing to be the one that says, I'm going to have an excellent spirit. Amen. Daniel had an excellent spirit. And because of that, he was unpopular. He was hated. Not only that, but letter B, David, in the midst of all this, David, David, let's have another message on David, amen. Daniel was unwavering. He was unwavering. Look at verse four. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against him concerning the kingdom. Oh, but they could find none. <laughs> they could find none. I don't know if I have that kind of a testimony, but I'd like one. <laughs> 
where whoever is uh, drilling into my life and looking at what I'm doing, I, hopefully they find none. And, and I, I want that kind of a testimony. And as a young, a young college student or a college student that's not so young, amen, we want to have a testimony where they find none. He was unwavering. Da- Daniel had a genuine holiness about him. He had a heart to follow after God. Daniel's holiness is what allowed him to have an excellent spirit, by the way. It's hard to have an excellent spirit when you have sin in your life. It's hard to have an excellent spirit when you have something hidden under where no one can see. His walk with God was unwavering. Maybe you're a slow learner like me, and you haven't connected the dots in your life between your spirit, your attitude, and your daily walk with the Lord. But in our life, our spirit that we're known by, by the way, has a direct connection with our walk with Christ. How many of you would just agree with me that Pastor Chapel probably has some trials or maybe some things he might be dealing with? How many would recognize that today? But when he comes to the pulpit, he has a smile and he preaches. And when you talk to him, he listens to you and, and deals with whatever we have going on. He has an excellent spirit. It's not dictated by his circumstances. Daniel had an excellent spirit that was not dictated by his circumstances. It was his walk with the Lord, his holiness with God that allowed him to have an excellent spirit. If you're struggling in your spirit today, may I say to you that it's not your parents' fault. If you're struggling in your spirit today, may I say it's not your parents' fault. It's not Brother uh, uh, Blem's fault. It's not Dr. Rasmussen's fault. Well, it's not, it's not, if they're struggling in your spirit today, it's not any of those things. It's our walk with the Lord. Our spirit will waver. Our excellent spirit will waver as our walk wavers. Daniel had an excellent spirit in the upheaval. Let me give you number two. Daniel had an excellent spirit in the uncertainty. In the uncertainty. Look at your Bibles. Look at chapter number six and we'll look at verse seven. And all the presidents of the kingdom and governors and princes and counselors and captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for how many days? How many days? Some of you are sleeping. How many days? 30 days. So if they make a decree, if anybody prays within 30 days, guess what? They're being cast into the what? Into the lion's den. What a unique way to kill people, amen? (laughs) So these guys get together, they make a decree, hey, if anybody prays to anybody but you, king, if anybody has uh, this religious exercise, we're going to exterminate them via lions. What a great and and ingenious way to to do that. Verse eight, now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing and that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altered not. Verse nine, wherefore, King Darius signed the writing. Verse 10, now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, notice this, now, when Daniel knew it, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Daniel had an excellent spirit in uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty in life. There's oftentimes in our life we have no idea how things are going to turn out. How many of you, your second or third week of college, you woke up one morning and you thought, what am I doing here? 
<laughs> a lot of people are raising their hands. Am I going to make it? <laughs> you are going to make it, by the way. But sometimes we don't, we don't know how things are going to turn out. We, we're in a relationship. How is that going to turn out? How's this job? And there's a lot of uncertainty in life. We just don't know how things are going to turn out. I was on vacation with my family. This was years ago, probably six or seven years ago. And uh, we were vacationing in Santa Cruz, which is about an hour and a half from where we lived. And we went to the beach and, and uh, we went up back up to in town. And how many have ever been to Santa Cruz? Yeah, it's a weird place to go. A lot of weird people. And... Uh, I was parked in this uh, little part of town there, and we were trying to find a place to eat. And my wife was on her phone kind of looking for a place. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just kind of minding my business. And I, I look up in my rearview mirror, and I see a guy pushing his car uh, behind me on the street. I look up, I see him pushing his car. And, and I, I wasn't thinking clearly. I just said to my wife, I'll be right back. I didn't tell her what I was doing. I just jumped out of the car, and I started helping this guy push his car. And so we're pushing his car, and I'm thinking around the corner, out of traffic. That's not what happened. We literally pushed that guy's car for two miles. Amen. And we were going and going and going. But it was just, and, and, and then after we were both pushing, he jumped in the car, and he's steering while I'm pushing. <laughs> so we're, I'm just pushing this guy's car. I mean, around this corner and around that corner. We came to a stoplight, and I waited. And then we pushed it. I mean, we just kept going. And I just didn't know where this was going to end. And we just kept going and, and going. And, and I didn't tell my wife where I was going. She didn't see what happened to me. For all she knew, I disappeared. I left my phone in the car. So I'm going, and I'm going two miles later, turns and whatever. We end up at this apartment complex. And this guy gets out of the car. And he just, he's beside himself. He's so thankful for me, which I would be thankful for me too at this point. <laughs> and he said, he said, man, he goes, you know, he had this surfer kind of vibe. He goes, man, bro, I'm so thankful, bro. Thank you. You know, he's, and he gives me a hug, and I'm like, you're welcome. I'm like, I didn't know that this is how this was going to happen. But anyway, he goes, man, he goes, I got, a, he goes, I got something for you that I just want to say thank you, a thank you gift. I said, no, I don't, I don't want anything. I said, please, I'm fine. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, it's just from me to you just to say thank you. And so he left, and I'm thinking, what is going on? And I don't know where I am anyway. So I'm like, I just need to ask him to use his phone when he gets back. And so the guy comes back, and he goes, here, man, I got this for you. And he pulls out of his pocket a bag of marijuana. Sometimes we just don't know how life is going to turn out. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what's going to happen. In this story, though, we know, don't we? How many of you know what happens to Daniel in the lion's den? How many of you have known since you were a little kid? We know how this story is going to, going to play out. Daniel's going to get thrown in the lion's den, and thank God he's not going to get eaten, and he's going to be uh, delivered. We, we all know that, but, but just for a second, put yourself in Daniel's shoes. He has no idea what's going to happen. And so here's Daniel. The decree is signed. And in this uncertain time, what was his response? Verse 10. He went into his house with the windows open towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks. Before, By the way, I didn't take the marijuana. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> preface that. I think I should mention that. <clears throat> But you know what Daniel did not do? The decree was signed. Daniel did not go home and blame God. How could you let this happen, God? He did not go home and he did not curse the authorities in his life. 
He did not go home. He didn't even get angry. The Bible doesn't tell us. He did not even get angry with the peers that had set him up. He did not get bitter. He did not get frustrated. The Bible says that he went to his home and he served the Lord with an excellent spirit. In other words, he just kept doing what he was doing. Some of you today are probably facing some uncertainty. Maybe your college bill is a little bit more than you can figure out that you're going to have when it's due. Maybe there's a relationship you're trying to uh, work out with a, a guy or a girl, and, but it, you're just not sure. There's uncertainty there. Maybe you're not sure what you're going to do when you graduate. Maybe there's family at home that are really struggling and you're not sure what's going to happen. There's a lot of uncertainty in life, but can I just challenge you this morning? Please don't give up. Don't, don't leave in the middle of the night and pack up your car and go home. Don't lose your temper. Don't lose your testimony. Don't, don't give up your opportunity to serve the Lord. Don't get bitter in these uncertain moments because the truth is at the end of the day, and I think you'll agree with me that in these moments of our lives, they're all very temporary. Say, well, I'm not sure about my bill. That's a temporary thing. God will take care of you. How many of you have learned that in your life? God takes care of us. In, the, in these moments in our life, these uncertain moments, we, well, we, sometimes we want to throw in the towel and we want to quit. We want to pack it up and leave. We want to, we want to say, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. And, and, and in those moments and in that uncertain moment, just get up and do what you're supposed to do the next day. Go to class. Read your Bible. Pray. Turn in that paper. <laughs> Whatever you're going through in your life right now is temporary. It might take a week, it may take a month, it may take a few years, but God will show you what it's about. God will work, God will work through that. He will bring you through whatever trial, whatever uh, thing you're going through right now. In Daniel's life, he was facing a 30-day decree. 30 days. Don't pray for 30 days. And I think that maybe some of us would have been tempted to like, you know what, I'll just put it off for 30 days. I'll just, maybe in 30 days, I'll pick up my prayer life. I'm not gonna, not gonna ruffle any feathers. I'm not gonna, for 30 days. But really what we ought to do is just say, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm just gonna keep doing what God has called me to do. I'm gonna keep showing up and doing what God has told me to do. At the end of the day, <clears throat> all he had to do was wait for 30 days, but Daniel didn't do that. He, he got up and he prayed three times a day like he always had. He had an excellent spirit. This is encouraging to me because I know that in the middle of uncertainty in my life, my only responsibility is to keep my walk with God and to stay faithful. And in your life, you're gonna go through uncertain seasons. What is your responsibility in that season? Maintain your walk with God and stay faithful. And so we see Daniel had an excellent spirit in the upheaval. Daniel had an excellent spirit in the uncertain times. And let me give you number three and I'll be done. We see that Daniel had an excellent spirit, and I think we might struggle with this one a little bit, in the unfairness. He had an excellent spirit in the unfairness. Look at verse 16. And the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Da Daniel did what he was supposed to do. Daniel followed uh, his, uh, he, he prayed to the Lord like he was supposed to. The king spake and said unto Daniel that God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Verse 17. And the stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Have you ever done the right thing and it turned out badly? Has that ever happened to you? 
I was a bus captain, I don't know, this is a lot, many years ago, like 20 years ago. I was a bus captain, and, and uh, I had this idea on my route that I would give away a bike for whoever brought the most visitors. And uh, I was in college, I was interning that summer, and so how many of you college students know that uh, you're broke all the time, amen? But I was like, you know what, I'm gonna sacrifice, I'm gonna buy this bike. And so I, 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 we had the promotion, and kids brought, I mean, we had a high day, it was a great day. And there's this girl on the bus, I'll never forget her name, her name was Lorraine, which is a weird name for a little girl. But anyway, her name was Lorraine. And uh, Lorraine uh, brought, I think she brought, you know, 15 or 20 visitors with her. I mean, she just bought, she packed out her section. She was excited and she was excited and I was excited. I, I was like, okay, so she wins the bike. And so, man, I scraped all my savings together. I was super excited about this. And I went to Walmart or Kmart, wherever it was, back when there was Kmart's, amen. And I went there and I bought this bike. I bought a pink one. It was her size. I was, it was probably 60 or $70. It wasn't terribly expensive, but it was a lot for me. And I, I remember I was so excited the next Saturday, man, I got my, my bus workers together and, and uh, I told my pastor what I was doing. You know, I was pretty proud of myself, so I let my pastor know. And, you know, we're excited. And so we get out to her, out to her uh, apartment there and, and she comes out with her mom and we had a bike there and we had a little blanket over it, you know, and, and I got this idea, I'm gonna pull the thing off and she's gonna be so excited. And, and so we're all standing around and she's standing there and she's excited, she's probably 10. And I pulled the blanket off and her eyes were all like this. And then she went, oh, and then she starts crying. And she goes, that's not the one I wanted. <laughs> I was so upset. I took it back. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just gave it to her. <laughs> so, you ever do something nice or you do something good or, you know, you, you go off and, and, and it doesn't turn out the way that you, you thought it would? Maybe you came to Bible college and thought, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. I'm going to come to Bible college and, and I'm going to give my life to him. And you got here and it's been difficult. You've had some setbacks. Maybe you told your parents you're going to serve in the ministry and that wasn't, they didn't give you the response you thought they would. Daniel, in this moment in his life, I have to be honest with you, I feel like this is unfair. Daniel was... He was serving the Lord. He had a good spirit. He, he was faithful his whole life. And then we come to this moment in time where Daniel's getting... Now, we know the end of the story. We know what's going to happen. But in the moment, Daniel could have really been upset about this. How is our spirit when we feel like things are unfair? When we feel like we're doing what God wants us to do, when we feel like we're serving the Lord, how do we feel... How is our spirit when things don't work out the way we think that they should. How many have learned in life that God allows us to go through things like that for a reason? And he's taking us through things in our life to teach us and to help us grow. I, I, some of the, the, the most growing times in my life were not the easy years, but the difficult years. A few weeks ago, I was in Florida with Pastor Chapel. We went to a Striving Together conference there. And I was there, and we got, I got to hear Pastor preach and uh, Brother Shetler and uh, Brother Willette. And uh, Brother Willette got up to preach, and, and how many of you know he had his vocal cords removed? You understand that? And he got up to preach, and, and uh, he's holding a microphone. He had to hold the microphone in one hand because his microphone broke. And, and he's preaching. He has, to, he has to touch this thing in his throat, this, uh, this uh, prosthesis to help him speak. And the room was full, and he was preaching away, and, and I just, man, I just started crying. 
And I thought to myself, here's a guy, here's a man who preached his entire life and he retires, and now his voice is just completely gone. And then he was preaching his message, and then he said this, he made this statement. He said, what the devil uses to discourage us, God uses to develop us. Now, coming from me, that's one thing. But coming from him, that's a whole different ballgame. What God, what, what the devil might use, listen, college student, what the devil might use to discourage you today, wherever you're at, what might be discouraging you, and you feel like this is not working out, this is not fair, God might be using that in your life today to develop you, and certainly is. If in my flesh, in my humanistic thinking, I might think to myself that what, what's happening to Daniel, what happened to uh, Brother Willette, what those things, we might think those things are unfair, but the truth is, is that God allows these things in our life to develop us, to train us. Now, this is good, and I'm done. There's something that happens, something very special that happens, and I'll, I'll be done in just a moment. Something very special happens when you decide to have a good spirit when bad things are happening. Something very special happens when something unfair or, or whatever you might term it as, when, when something like that is going on in your life, something very special happens when we choose to have an excellent spirit in that. Nobody, nobody sees somebody coming out of a Costco with an 85-inch TV and we're like, man, that guy really has an excellent spirit. He's got a big smile on his face. Why? Because he has a TV. When, when things are going well and things are going right and we have a good spirit, I mean, nobody takes notice of that. But when something's going on in your life that's a trial or an unexpected tragedy or whatever in your life, and we choose, like Daniel did, to have an excellent spirit, something amazing happens. Take your Bibles, look at, uh, look at uh, chapter number 6, verse 19, and we'll be done. The king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of the lions, verse 20. And he came to the den, and he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? And then said Daniel unto the king, o, o king, live forever. What a great attitude. What an excellent spirit. Verse 22. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths. And they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. And the king, uh, and then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. And King Darius wrote unto all the people and nations, verse 25, and languages, and dwelt in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. Now look at verse 26. And I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, Men tremble in fear before God, before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. When we have an excellent spirit in these situations, unfair situations, uncertain situations, when we choose to have an excellent spirit during these times, God is glorified. God is glorified. Daniel's excellent spirit brought glory to God. And how many of you would like to bring glory to God in your life? Let's, let's try that again. How many like to bring glory to God in your life? Amen. I think all of us would like that. That's why we're here. 
And so how do we do that? Well, in the uncertain times, in the upheavals of our life, when things don't work out the way that maybe in our minds we thought they should. And in those times, we need to choose to have an excellent spirit. So my simple question for you today is, and I'm going to pray, is how is your spirit today?